Hello and welcome to Liver Talk, a podcast series from Liverwell that shares personal and professional stories about hepatitis and liver-related news. Before we commence, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land wherever you are listening. We pay our respect to the elders, past, present and emerging, and to any Indigenous people who are listening to this podcast. Hi and welcome to our podcast today. I'm Paulette Trevina and together with Chloe Pedley from Liverwell, we're speaking with Dr Amy Penney from La Trobe University about her research into alcohol and how people are choosing to drink less. Dr Amy Penney is a Senior Research Fellow at the Centre for Alcohol Policy Research at La Trobe University. Dr Penney has an Honours Degree in Criminology and was awarded her PhD through the National Drug Research Institute, Curtin University of Technology, in 2013. Her PhD was an examination of the social, cultural and economic context of alcohol and party drug use in Melbourne, with a focus on risk environments and the implications for prevention. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for having me. So, can you tell us what inspired your research? Yeah, absolutely. So, a lot of my research is focused on drinking practices and particularly heavy drinking practices. Um, But my colleague and I, um, Dr Michael Livingston, um, sort of noticed a trend about seven or eight years ago uh, in epidemiological data, which indicated that adolescents particularly, but also um, young adults, uh, had been drinking less progressively since about the early 2000s. And in fact, um, it was getting um, steeper and steeper and is still ongoing today so that it hasn't plateaued at all. Each um, sort of wave of survey data shows that young people are drinking less and less over time. This is quite unique generationally because um, trends in older populations are fairly stable. So young people are really driving this shift, but it does mean that drinking at a population level is also going down because young people are pulling it down. Young people's drinking has traditionally been the heaviest. Therefore, if they make the most changes, we see population consumption drop as well. This isn't only happening in Australia. This is happening in most high-income countries around the world. So since we started our research about seven years ago on this topic, a lot of countries around the world uh, have followed suit. And there there are quite a a few social and epidemiological groups uh, exploring why young people are drinking less. So we've got a number of studies to explore the factors. Uh, Initially, we were wondering about things like alcohol policy. Uh, We're wondering about things like changes in leisure time, uh, such as more time on digital technology, perhaps, meaning people are less likely to be out and drinking with friends. We wondered about changes in school-based education and prevention and and changes in parenting and the way they were teaching their children about alcohol. Um, So we set out to explore a range of these hypotheses. And... We're coming to the end of of, of a range of studies and essentially what we've found is that there has been significant changes in family relationships. That is, young people stay at home for longer, parents are having less children, uh, they've changed their parenting style, uh, they're more, they tend to keep, they're, they're surveilling their children more in terms of just keeping in touch with them when they're out of the house. And there has been a a change in the way alcohol is communicated uh, and we're teaching parents to to communicate about alcohol. So parenting is definitely one of the strongest factors. But more generally, what we've found is that young people are are changing the way they they do young adulthood now. So alcohol um, is less cool. 
but instead focusing on the future, doing well at school, doing well at university, making money because it's a competitive job market. Young people are worried about their future uh, and alcohol is one of the things that essentially becomes something that might put them behind the other the other kids, uh, the people they're competing with for jobs and, and economic security. They're also more worried about things like uh, climate change and equality and, and social issues, um, perhaps than previous generations. So they're, they're a more mature generation in some sense, but they're also staying at home for longer, which means that they may start drinking heavily at a, at a later time than previous generations. Used to be around 18 that's, uh, that people would start drinking quite heavily. Perhaps all we're seeing is a shift towards heavy drinking starting in the mid-20s have to do a bit more research to figure out how those trajectories are going to shift over time that's amazing so what do you think are the greater impacts and implications of people choosing to drink less i mean at a, at a basic um, public health uh, level our earlier alcohol consumption is associated with heavier later alcohol consumption um, and so we're expecting to see um, less people become heavy drinkers only because we know those patterns from previous cohort and epidemiological data. So we would expect for people to, if they're drinking less as young adults, to drink less as older adults because you don't usually start becoming a heavy drinker all of a sudden. So that could have some real long-term benefits in terms of um, reduced burden on healthcare systems because most of the harms from alcohol do come uh, the less reported um, problems such as uh, liver problems and, and cirrhosis and heart problems later in life. Um, young people and, and, and acute harms in the nighttime economy gets a lot of press, but it's really a very small proportion of alcohol-related harms, as you probably know. So we're hoping, you know, that those uh, benefits will be seen, but that would be quite far into the future. The other really interesting thing is I'm noticing these kind of um, sober curious movements um, popping up everywhere where young people are pursuing alternative lifestyles and leisure choices that might revolve on more uh, healthy kind of activities such as physical activities or exercise or outdoor activities so that will also be associated with with kind of uh, improvements to health and the other thing is you know we probably won't see for for a long term long time as well is whether changes in drinking have impacts on brain function or um, you know concentration or those sorts of things we'll have to wait and see I guess which is absolutely fascinating. One of the things that I've seen come up in your research and some of the statements that you've made in the media recently is that your thoughts on Australia having no one stereotype for drinking culture. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think um, quite often there's this, um, you know, Australian drinking culture that's talked about. And, and maybe that was the case at some point, although... I've never really liked a, a homogenising of an entire nation in terms of because when we look at the the data, obviously there are there are light drinkers, there are heavy drinkers, there are people that drink when they go to the football, there are people that don't drink when they go to the football. There, are, I have an issue with uh, the term drinking culture as applying to a whole nation anyway. But I think over time, especially with lots of you know we've got had a flood of immigration over time, we've got people, um, you know, joining the sober curious movement. There are just lots of different ways that alcohol is embedded in, in social worlds. And so I think that just becomes more and more the case with globalisation and, and access to kind of different ways of, of living. And I think the idea of a, a, a sort of a, a national drinking culture we can probably put to bed now. 
Mm-hmm. So there's been quite a bit of publicity recently about um, a bar opening that has mostly non-alcoholic drink options and, you know, that whole adult drink market um, being such a rapidly expanding thing. Do the options uh, for non-alcoholic drinks that are around now make it easier for people to drink less, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a slow-moving slow beast. I think it's still quite a, a source of frustration for a lot of non-drinkers that uh, most most places you go, especially sort of regional or country pubs, probably, you know, soft drink is your option, soft drink or water. In the CBD in Melbourne, for example, they, they do a lot better. I can go to any pub in Fitzroy and get a non-alcoholic beer. But I think that's still still a challenge. They, they, they don't make really good um, alcohol-free wine. And so it depends on, on what your, your beverage of choice is. But I think, you know, this is a really good start. People do want to go out and not have to worry about being around um, people who are intoxicated or or people who might judge them for not drinking. So well, I hope this bar does really well. But, it, you know, it will, be, it will be an interesting wait and see for a lot of us. For sure. Absolutely. From the research that you've been doing, what's the takeaway message that you would like to leave with people? Hmm. I think hmm, that's a good question I think not always believing the hype you know um, I think young people get a pretty bad rap probably in media and public discourse more generally they are making sensible decisions I, I think there's better education out there so people are able to take that education think about how it affects them and uh, and act accordingly another really interesting part of it all is that um, alcohol is pleasurable and you know, it has many social benefits for, for many people, especially um, when consumed in moderation. So, you know, connecting some people, some young people are, although they're reporting decreases in, in drug use and alcohol use and tobacco use, are actually reporting being less happy or uh, than previous generations. So the whole idea of getting together with your friends in social settings is still something we should be doing. You know, getting out of the house and seeing people is really important. And so just assume that drinking going down is a whole, an only good thing. I think there are definitely benefits and they should be supported. But I think we've got to, there's a lot of nuance as well. And so we've got to remember that uh, alcohol in small amounts is not that harmful and that getting together with your friends is a good thing to do uh, as long as you're all being safe. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to discuss this with us today. We're really interested in your research, particularly from the liver health side of things. So greatly appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Liver Talk. For information, visit our website at liverwell.org.au or call the Liver Line on 1800 703 003.